Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 52. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Mel Poirier of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So we have reached week 52, the last week of the previous grain year, because now we are in the new grain year. So we've got podcast planned for this new grain year as well. But let's uh, let's wrap up with week 52 and uh, preview a bit of things we're going to be talking about as in the next few weeks. So the week 52 report came out, Milt. Great performance from the railways. What did you see in that uh, report? I think your characterization is is accurate. You know, CN at 99%, CP at 95%. It's been pretty consistent, you know, the last three, four months for both railways. I mean, when you look at the numbers, CN and CP are both finishing out the 2021-22 grain year with their best per, uh, performance run of the entire year. CN finished out hitting 90% order fulfillment or better 13 out of the last 15 weeks. And I think they were averaging somewhere around 95% a week over that time period. And CP uh, was even better than that. CP finished out the year with 18 straight weeks above the 90% threshold. And they were averaging just under 98% a week in and week out over that time frame. So, I mean, as painful as winter was, and, you know, everybody who's in this business knows that it was painful because performance was particularly dire from November right through until pretty much the end of March, the middle of April. After that was behind us, you know, the railways got their act together, so to speak, and finished strong, always characterized by the fact that volumes were particularly low this year, as everybody knows. But yeah, given their due, uh, once the snow went away, they they figured out what they were doing, and and shippers saw the benefit. Yeah, and this is a this is common, Emil. Eh, like usually this time of year, this this time period is when is when we see numbers like this from from the railways, and it's and it is, I think, to your point, largely driven by by lower volumes and and clearly um, weather that they seem to be more prepared to handle. Yeah, I think that that historically that that statement is accurate. I think last year was an exception, but that was an exception because of, you know, a pretty severe external shock to the system, which was the wildfires in BC, which if you recall happened uh, in July and that caused problems uh, particularly for CN in that last 4 weeks of the previous grain year uh, and into the first couple of weeks of uh 21-22. But apart from that kind of a shock, and that one was pretty extreme, uh, typically this time of year, it's pretty smooth sailing. I mean, and the problems that the railways tend to run into in the summer uh, tend to be of their own making. You know, their own engineering blocks are getting in the way of trains. and uh, But for the most part, Mother Nature, you know, apart from some sun kinks and whatnot, uh, tends to cooperate. So with numbers like that, I anticipate the the province the provincial numbers probably uh, weren't uh, were also reflecting pretty good performance. Was there anything caught your eye with from any of the provinces as far as performance in week fifty two? Yeah, just uh, it was pretty much good and consistent right across the board. The one exception, you know, that's probably noteworthy is CP for Alberta shippers. Not a terrible week, but you know, below their standard, certainly their recent standard, eighty two percent order fulfillment. But when you look at the numbers. You know, it's really 
what that says is they missed one train order for a shipper going to Vancouver. But when demand is so low, I think in Alberta for CP, it was 600 and some cars for week 52. So you miss one train and, and on a percentage basis, it looks large. But apart from that, uh, both railways were, you know, 96% or better in all provinces and consistent across corridors. So as you might expect, they finished out well on the top line and you can pretty much say the same thing for the provinces. Yeah, so kudos to the railways. It, uh, the year ended well. And as I mentioned, we are now officially into the new grain year and farmers across the country have been working hard this summer to to get a good crop in and uh, harvest is just around the corner. Uh, Maybe it started in some parts of the country, who knows, but what should we look forward to? It's always a bit of a bit of an unknown going into these milts. Obviously, we see good performance now, but then it can turn on a dime looking forward what are you anticipating? What, in fact, you've probably seen some data from the first first week or two from from the grain year. What are you seeing so far? Well, I think there's a general recognition, you know, both with the railways and industry uh, more broadly, that while the 2022-23 grain year is expected to fall into that normal quote unquote range, I think they're talking about somewhere around 70 to 73 million tons. So significantly larger than the year that we just went through. But I think most people expect it to be a slow start. And some of the numbers that we've seen so far, I mean, in real time, we're just starting grain week number two. So we've seen the demand for weeks one and week two. And coming on Friday, we'll see the initial demand for shippers for CNCP for week three. The thing that really stuck out for me is uh, two things. One is CP's demand is holding out better, seemingly to start the year, than CN. There's always, of course, a bit of a question mark with CP because it tends to be a little volatile because of the whole dedicated train situation. So what looks like it might be a number this week can go up or down by the time you get to it. But so far, what we see looks stronger than CN, and for CP, actually looks a little better than how they started last year, which is interesting. CN, however, looks like they are going to have a super slow start to the year. Uh, when we look at weeks one and week two on the books, at least for railway supplied cars, I mean, they're, they're, they also have private cars that run on their network, so that will boost the number somewhat. But based on the data, we can see there's only 1,600 total shipper orders for weeks one and two combined, just under 1,000 in week one and just over 600 in week two. To put that into context, if we look at last year through the first two weeks, CN demand was twice that, 3,200 orders through the first two weeks. So it's going to ramp up. I don't think anybody questions that. The question is going to be the pace and how quickly it starts to ramp up. I mean, you are correct in saying that harvest is probably starting or shortly going to begin in different areas because uh, it's never the same everywhere. I mean, I can tell you that in Northern Alberta, just because I happen to personally know some farmers in that part of the world, uh, they think they're about three weeks behind. So, you know, when you look up into the peace country probably harvest is going to start the last week of August and for some as late as the second week of September. And that's pretty late. Like normally they would be starting, you know, second to third week of August. So if you roll that forward, 
and, and that's of course predominantly CN, uh, it's all CN, frankly, you know, you're probably going to see uh, a slow ramp for CN, probably quicker for CP. And then the question is, how high does it get? And I don't think there's any reason, given what people are projecting for the harvest and for the grain supply in total, that we shouldn't expect that by, you know, the third or fourth week of September, certainly by the beginning of October, that we're not going to be looking at uh, 4,500 to 5,500 car orders per week per railway, which would really put them back into, you know, a normal pattern. And then, you know, the million dollar question, or maybe the billion dollar question, how will they react when that shows up? Yeah, I think I think that's accurate, Milt. The, as far as the harvest time, I think it, there is a general feeling out there that that in a lot of places it will, will be quite late. And and the question around how how railways react to it, how how will they move the grain, where will they move it, and you know what their plans are. I think that's a good preview of what we'll focus on next. We we've talked a few times around both CNCP publish their their grain plans, how they expect to see grain move, and uh, they both have published those plans. And uh, we'll take a deep dive on 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 both of those plans to get a good sense of how have they planned to react to to this year's significantly larger crop than than last year, although as you say, normal compared to previous years. But there's going to be some volume to move, and and shippers and the ag industry is going to going to need to know that it can move. So that'll be for next week. Appreciate your time today, Milt. And uh, for those who would like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye.